Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Today is Thursday, October 24th, 2019. I am broadcasting live from Minneapolis, where I will be keynoting the Minneapolis Urban League, the Urban League Twin Cities Unity Gala coming up tonight. Well, next on Roland Martin Unfiltered, Congressman Elijah Cummings lies in state at the U.S. Capitol, the first African-American to receive that honor. We'll show you some of the speeches that took place at the ceremony there. Also, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg faced fire yesterday when he testified before uh, the U.S. House. Woo, let's just say it did not go over well for the Zuckerberg. Fired NYPD officer Daniel Pantaleo, who is responsible for Eric Garner's chokehold death, is suing to get his job back. A New Mexico police officer has resigned after his vicious attack on an 11-year-old girl. And no charges will be filed against the Providence, Rhode Island corrections officer who drove his car into a group of protesters. Folks, we got a jam-packed show for you. It's time to bring the funk 
on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. Folks, congressional leaders honored the late Congressman Elijah Cummings today as his body laid in state in the National Statuary Hall at the U.S. Capitol. Cummings is the first African-American, an African-American lawmaker, to lie in state in the U.S. Capitol, according to congressional historians. Now, lying in state is a tribute reserved for government officials and military officers. Now, don't forget, uh, Rosa Parks, did she also, she lied in honor uh, in the U.S. Capitol, as well as a black uh, Capitol police officer who was shot and killed in 1998. But to lie in state is different from lying in honor. Uh, so many people turned out today. Uh, leaders from both sides of uh, the House uh, were there as well, uh, there to, of course, pay respects to the Cummings family, including his wife, My Rockamore uh, uh, Cummings. And folks, uh, a number of people spoke and shared their thoughts and reflections about the late Congressman Elijah Cummings of Baltimore. Fifty-five members strong, the Congressional Black Caucus is a close-knit family. Thursday, October 17th, the CBC lost a member of our family. Elijah Cummings was respected, revered, and viewed as a quiet giant within the caucus. We watched him lead the Oversight and Reform Committee. We watched his heartfelt passion as he fought for the rights of children separated from their families, as he fought for everyone to have health care and medications that are affordable, and as he fought for everyone to have the right and access to vote. Monday night, members of the Congressional Black Caucus paid tribute to Mr. Cummings on the House floor. Let me now share their words with you. Elijah came to Congress knowing full well that he was coming to a body where people stood on the shoulders of giants. He never set out to be a giant, but he became one. He took on the mantle of an evangelist. He didn't work to prepare people for the hereafter. He worked to prepare people for the here and now. When Congressman Cummings spoke, he spoke with moral authority, frequently reminding us, we are better than that. In the midst of these challenging times, Chairman Cummings remained optimistic that better days were ahead. He observed America's not a perfect country, and sometimes she stumbled and fell down. Yet the chairman also made clear that based upon her goodness, America always got up. In other words, he inspired us to keep the faith anchored in the sincere belief that this too shall pass. Let us take comfort and strength in knowing that Chairman Cummings' legacy will be forever enshrined in the halls of Congress through the next generation of leaders that his work impacted and inspired. 
The chairman will be remembered as a man who pulled no punches, was authentic to the core and a champion for our democracy. Our nation will surely miss his love, compassion, strength, brilliance, and his tireless dedication. Elijah, your Congressional Black Caucus family will do its best to honor you by continuing to stand and defend our democracy with the very same passion, vigor, and determination you exemplified for us. Oh Lord, the chair of the committee, Elijah Cummings, is now meeting you, the chair of the board of all of the universe. And we issue thanks for sending Elijah our way. We're better for having had him near us lo these many years. We bless those who have come and will come from near and far to pay tribute to this magnificent man. And now to the one who is able to keep you from falling and make you stand without blemish in the presence of God's glory was rejoicing to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority. And now, God, please now receive the bootlegging preacher based in Baltimore, <laughs> Elijah Cummings. Amen. Dr. Rockmore, distinguished family, my colleagues, ladies and gentlemen. In the sixth chapter and eighth verse of the Old Testament book, the prophet Micah admonishes that the Lord requires us to do justly, act mercifully, and walk humbly. Elijah E. Cummins personified this directive in his service and in the core of his living. Elijah had a passion for justice, justice for those who are underserved, justice for those who are undercut, and justice for those who are underestimated. He himself had been grossly underestimated at a very early point in his development, and as a result, had been placed in special education but was rescued by a teacher who saw that the only thing special about Elijah Cummings was his inquisitiveness. He and I often talked about the passion we shared about being called to rescue as many others as God gave us courage and strength to do. Elijah understood Micah's admonition that sometimes justice, even when dispensed equally, might not always be the proper course of action. And in such instances, we are called upon to be merciful. Elijah was merciful, and he showed it with grace and kindness. Elijah often uttered soaring precepts, but he led by shining example. 
He knew how to balance firmness and fairness. He did not speak very often in our caucus meetings, but when he did, it was to bring people together. Elijah and I often talked about the humbleness of our shared roots in South Carolina soil and our experiences growing up as PKs, preacher kids. <laughs> Neither one of us sought to follow our fathers into the ministry, but both of us felt strongly in my father's admonition to me, which I shared with Elijah often that the world would much rather see a sermon than hear one. <laughs> Elijah's service was a soaring, instructive sermon. And today, I have no doubt that he is dancing with the angels and wishing us Godspeed as we pursue the making of a more perfect union establishing justice, employing mercy, and walking humbly, never doing or saying anything to deserve his admonishment that we are better than that. Of course, the funeral for Congressman Elijah Cummings will take place tomorrow uh, in Baltimore. Among those who will speak include President Barack Obama, President Bill Clinton, and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Let's go to our panel. Dr. Greg Carr, Chair, Department of Afro-American Studies, Howard University. Erica Savage, uh, Wilson, host of Savage, well, uh, Savage uh, Politics uh, podcast. Uh, glad to have both of you here. Uh, first and foremost, um, I'll start with you, Greg. The fact that um, he's the first African-American to lie in state there at the U.S. Capitol. Um, shows uh, the respect that Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, Democratic leaders, had for Congressman Cummings. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Eric and I were sitting here talking uh, through the commentary and watching the, the, the feed there. You know, the man really, his, his impact can't be overstated. Uh, Elijah Cummings remarkable man, man of the people who represented his district, but more importantly represented the spirit and soul in so many ways of black people in this country in the federal legislature. And we saw him, as he said, signing these subpoenas right up to the moment he left the earth. Yes. So for him to lie in state, and you know this was in one of the news reports, in between a statue of Rosa Parks and a bust of Jefferson Davis pretty much sums it up. The only thing keeping this experiment together is the outsized character of human beings like Elijah Cummings. Yes. And at this moment, a loss like this will have profound impact, not just on black and brown communities and working people and poor folks around this country, but as we will see discussed probably tomorrow in Baltimore, yes. it's going to leave an impact on what happens in the immediate future of this project called the United States. Yeah. 
Uh, Erica, when you look at the uh, stunt Republicans did yesterday, uh, I can only imagine uh, how Congressman Cummings would have responded uh, if he was uh, one of the chairmen in that room when they barged in. It probably would not have gone over so well. It would not have. And as a former federal employee, I was completely appalled and wondered why in the world Matt Getz and the rest of the Brooks Brothers gang are not in state um, capital or capital police custody. Um, that you, uh, that what they did was beyond a stunt, uh, that it was actually against the law, that no one is allowed to bring any type of device into those areas, those, those skiffed areas. And so as we um, mourn the loss of a statesman, of a person that really did care and fight for democracy, I hope that this will be a lesson for all of us to not only get engaged, but to advocate for the things that we care about. You know, Greg, it's amazing when I look at some of these people, especially these ADOS folks out there trashing Congressman Cummings, saying he didn't give a damn about black folks, wasn't fighting on behalf of black folks. I listen to these same people out there who say, oh, the CBC, they've done nothing for African-Americans. And it, 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 to me, it shows you the gross ignorance of many people who have no understanding uh, what uh, CBC members do, the, the kind of uh, how a lot of times you may not have your name on a bill, uh, but you can take a certain action uh, to change one reference in one bill that could actually benefit the community. And so I, I think people really don't have an understanding, to be frank, uh, what members of Congress do and how they do impact their congressional districts. And remember, he was elected to serve his congressional district, right. not just every black person in America. That's absolutely right. And, you know, this goes to everyone. We, we, we have to be able to be more educated before yes. we open our mouths and yes. talk out of our ignorance. Yes. We understand the, the ADOS position. It, it, is, it is legitimate and just to want repair. But having wanted repair, we must now do some self-repair. Right. And part of that requires knowing who the people are who fight for us. When you see Elijah, when you yank on Elijah Cummings, Perry Mitchell falls out. Mm -hmm. The whole tradition of black Baltimore politics falls out. Bare knuckle brawling for the rights of black people around this country. When you see Barbara Lee stand there and eulogize him, you're looking at a tradition that begins with Ron Dellums in the Bay Area oh, and the wow. Black Panthers in the Bay Area. Yeah. When you see Jim Clyburn stand there and talk about South Carolina, you're looking at a tradition of bare knuckle brawling for rights that goes back past Strom Thurmond into the deep treasures of people like um, Septa McClark and others who have fought in South Carolina. This is the generation that this second generation represents. When Emmanuel Kieber kind of kids and calls him a bootleg preacher, what you see is a group of elders, finally, who are able to sit and nurture the next generation of Congress people. When you saw Elijah Cummings, for example, have Rashida Tlaib and counsel her even as she set natural fire to Kevin, what's his name? Uh, his friend, his conservative <laughs> friend. What's his name? Kevin uh, the, McCarthy. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy. Thank uh, you, thank Congress you. Congressman Mark yeah. Meadows. Mark, we, oh. we, when Meadows came, that's right, when Meadows jumped, and then McCarthy responds, and then Rashida Tlaib didn't back down. But what you saw in that chair position, you saw Elijah Cummings do what he did for Ilhan Omar, what he has done for uh, uh, Ocasio-Cortez and Johanna Hayes and uh, all the people, Lucy McBath. And when you look at him mentoring these young people, not distinguishing their fire, because Rashida Tlaib is in John Conyers' seat, his colleague, but 
using himself almost as a human shield to keep these white supremacists off them and to encourage them in their own fire. That is the role of an elder. And when you say people haven't done anything for us, you've opened your mouth, you put your brain on display. Shut up and listen for a minute and study how these elders have stood in the fire so that you can take the next lap in this struggle. But this ignorance, we have to extinguish it the way you've been doing it, by teaching our people who, in fact, our leaders have been over time and space. And Erica, I think that's critically important because, again, um, the, the reality is when, when you talk about uh, the impact uh, of a Congressman Elijah Cummings, uh, first of all, there's this assumption that, oh, he was like that, like one member of Congress can, can completely reform and change their entire congressional district. That's not how it happens because the reality is this here. Uh, his congressional district actually has the best of Baltimore and the worst of Baltimore. Absolutely. I mean, that's the exact. I mean, that's what happens. You can go to many congressional districts uh, and you can find the exact same thing. Uh, but I think it's important when you talk about uh, his role being over this House Oversight Committee, holding Donald Trump accountable. Right. Uh, also, even when he was in, when he was a ranking member, when the Republicans controlled, how he was going after and battling with Trey Gowdy uh, and Dara Isaac. Yes. And guys along those lines uh, who are bringing their shenanigans on Capitol Hill, holding them accountable to say you do what's right according to the people. Absolutely. And, and, let's, and let's be clear here as well um, to, to um, um, also compliment what um, Greg said, that accountability is not a tweet and that bravery and courage is not a tweet and that leadership is not a tweet mm -hmm. and that what we are all standard um, standing on what we are all beneficiaries of is the work of an Elijah Cummings, the work of a Ron Dellums, that roll call that uh, Dr. Carr did so eloquently. Those are the freedoms and those are the benefits that we are actually um, reaping right now um, as we even speak. So when I think about an Elijah Cummings, I think about that even the commitment that even rolling on last week when you broadcast it live from the Spirit of Democracy Awards, mm -hmm. that he was actually scheduled to be there. But you had the voice of a Congresswoman, Maxine Waters, yes. who has held um, talks with the Bloods and the Crips. So when we start looking at receipts, when we start looking at the Come actual on. work, yes. it definitely moves beyond Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and every other social media platform. It is those people, those 435 that serve in the House of Representatives that are elected every two years, that are going about the business, doing the work of the people as though they'll be there for six years like the senators are. And so that's what I also believe that this new swath of people that are now engaged with what they call some level of social justice or black awareness also need to understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's, uh, we certainly, again, um, are going uh, to miss his leadership, uh, what he was able to do on the Hill, especially when it comes to this impeachment inquiry that's taking place. And so, again, tomorrow, the funeral will take place. There'll be a public viewing tomorrow at 8 a.m. Uh, Congressman Elijah Cummings uh, at New Salmas, his church in Baltimore. The funeral will begin at 10 a.m. Uh, it will be broadcast on C-SPAN. And, of course, as I said, President Barack Obama, President Bill Clinton, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, all three will be among the speakers addressing the audience there tomorrow in Baltimore. All right, folks, got to go to a break. We come back. More news right here on Roller Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Minneapolis. You want to check out Roller Martin Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered.
like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, family, it's almost that time. The holiday season is my favorite time of the year, and I'm sure for many of you, whether you're celebrating Thanksgiving, Ramadan, Christmas, Kwanzaa, or New Year's, this is when you think about spending time with the people you love the most. This is also the time to count your blessings and support those less fortunate and look at how you can have an impact on their lives. Well, I have the perfect opportunity for you to be a holiday hero and have a major impact on other families. Here's the deal. Right now, hundreds of thousands of Americans are sitting in jail without being convicted of a crime. Why? Because they lack the financial resources to pay their bail. Now think about it. If you are arrested for any minor offense, you will be taken directly to jail. If you don't have bail money, whether it's a new, whether it's a few hundred or a few thousand dollars, you will stay there until a court date is scheduled. That could be days, weeks, or even months. America's bail system is broken and has created a two-tier system of justice, one for the rich and another for the poor. Folks, freedom should not be free. That's why the Ebony Foundation has partnered with The Bail Project and is sponsoring the Home by the Holiday campaign. With your help, the goal is to bail out a 1,000 people by New Year's Day. Now, that would be a great holiday gift for them and many of those families. A donation from you today can change someone's life tomorrow. And here's why it is critical. People of color represent anywhere from 50 to 90% of the people jailed across the country. Now, what that means that when they stay in jail, 90% of the people with misdemeanors ended up pleading guilty because why? They want to get out of jail. However, when bail was paid, 50% of the cases were dismissed and less than 2% actually received a jail sentence. Sometimes justice needs just us. To join the fight, be a holiday hero, do donate 25, 50 bucks or more to help the Ebony Foundation bring our brothers and sisters home by the holiday. To donate, go to homebytheholiday.com. Website is right here homebytheholiday.com. Please help somebody who needs your assistance. All right, folks, Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg was grilled yesterday during his testimony on Capitol Hill. The hearing was about Libra, the company's proposed cryptocurrency, but he also commented on the social network's commitment to civil rights and what it has done to promote diversity after the company's settlement with various civil rights groups related to discrimination tied to advertising and housing. Folks, it was some tough testimony and tough questions, especially when you're facing Congressman Woman Maxine Waters of California. It is no secret that Facebook allowed Russia to undermine and divide our country through divisive online ads. The Senate's investigation discovered that African Americans were targeted the most by Russia, specifically in places <clears throat> where Black Lives Matter groups were the most active. Despite all of your technological expertise, Russia and Iran are at it again for the upcoming election. Then last week, you announced a new ad policy that gives politicians a license to lie so you can earn more money off this division, I suppose. Facebook, changes the rules when it can benefit itself. Last year, Facebook banned all cryptocurrency ads on its platform because, and I quote, they are frequently associated with misleading or deceptive promotional practices, quote, unquote. Seems fair. Then earlier this year, Facebook rolled back the cryptocurrency ad ban, bought a blockchain company, and announced its own cryptocurrency. 
So tell us what changed. How did cryptocurrency go from being misleading and deceptive last year and then becomes a means for financial inclusion this year? It seems to me that you shifted your stance because you realize that you can use your size and your users' data to dominate the cryptocurrency market. You change your policy when it benefits you. You reinstated cryptocurrency ads because you had plans to start your own cryptocurrency. So this brings me back to your new policy on political speech. My question to you is, how does this new policy benefit you? Because it seems that a policy that allows politicians to lie, mislead, and deceive would also allow Facebook to sell more ads to those politicians, thus making your company more money. But you can tell me, how does Facebook benefit? Chairwoman, thanks for, for those questions. Um, I'd like to address all of the things that, that, you, that you mentioned in there. On, on elections, uh, you're right that in 2016, we were on our back foot in terms of preventing Russia from, from attempting to interfere in our elections. We've spent a lot of the last few years building systems that are more sophisticated than any other company has at this point, and frankly, a lot of governments too, uh, for defending against foreign interference. Uh, this Monday, we announced that we had proactively identified uh, a network of, of, of uh, fake Russian accounts and a few networks of Iranian uh, fake accounts that we proactively took down, which uh, certainly, as you say, signals that uh, these nation states are still attempting to interfere, but I hope will also give us some confidence that our systems are now more sophisticated to proactively identify and, and address these things. On your question about uh, political ads, uh, look, from a business perspective, uh, the very small percent of our business that is made up of political ads does not come anywhere close to justifying the controversy that this incurs for our company. So this really is not about money. Uh, this is, on, on principle, I believe in giving people a voice. I believe that ads can be an important part of voice. Um, I, I think especially in the political process for challenger candidates uh, and for local candidates or advocacy groups whose message might not otherwise be covered by the media. Um, having ads can be an important way to uh, inject your message into the, into the political Let me interrupt debate. you for a minute. Are you telling me, I think as you said to me before, you plan on doing no fact checking on political ads? Uh, Chairwoman, our, our policy is that we do not fact check politicians' speech. And the reason for that is that we believe that in a democracy, it is important that people can see for themselves what politicians are saying. Political speech is some of the most scrutinized speech already in the world. Do you um, fact check on any ads at all? Uh, yes. Describe what you fact check on. Well, Chairwoman, actually, uh, thank you for the opportunity to clarify. Facebook itself actually does not, check, does not fact check. What we do is, we have feedback that, that people in our community don't want to see viral hoaxes or, or, or kind of so widespread. So let me be clear, you do no fact checking on any ads, is that correct? Chairwoman, what we do is we work with uh, a set of independent fact checkers who... Somebody fact checks on ads. You, have, you contract with someone to do that, is that right? Uh, Chairwoman, yes. And tell me, who is it? that they fact-checked on? Uh, Chairwoman, what we do is when content is getting a lot of distribution and is flagged uh, by members of our community, 
or by our technical systems. It can go into a queue to be reviewed by a set of independent fact checkers. Uh, they can't fact check everything, but the things that they get to, and, and, and if they okay. mark something as false, then we... All right, my time has expired, and someone else will continue on this line of questioning. Am I the only one confused as hell? I, look, I, we... No, Facebook, we don't fact check. There's an independent group that fact check who we pay. Man, cut that bullshit out. You fact check. Speaking of getting checked, here's Congresswoman Joyce Beatty of Ohio. Let's just say every black mama know what this was like. In your opening statement, you talked a lot about civil rights. I think we should probably phrase it a little differently, that you work with civil rights work is because it's a result of the number of lawsuits that you've had, NAACP. Even Secretary Ben Carson filed a fair housing uh, lawsuit against you for violations. So let me ask you this. Do you know what redlining is? Uh, yes. Okay, then you should have known better. And maybe if you had real diversity or inclusion on your team, somebody in that room would have said what you were doing when you looked at what you were doing in the housing, how you were redlining or using zip codes and to eliminate people from getting information. Now, have you read the report that Laura Murphy sent to you? Uh, You've I talked a lot about diversity and you introduced her name that about this great study in her work. Have you read it? Do you know what the recommendations were? Do you know when she issued the report? Yes or no? I've seen the report. Okay, tell me what the top three things were, because I, I have it right here. What were the top three things in her report? Somebody talked about lying in this committee. I'm only, I'm only saying. Well, one of them was around housing ads, which we've talked about. The other was around setting up a civil rights task force. And, and um, who's on the civil rights task force? Cheryl Sandberg is the person who, who she's... What civil rights? Okay, we know Cheryl's not really civil rights, so I'm trying to help you here. She's your COO, and I don't think there's anything, and I know Cheryl well, about civil rights and her background. So come better than that for me, if we're going to talk civil rights. It's an internal task force. Do you, know who the, do you know who the firm that you employ for civil rights is? Uh, Congressman, I, I don't know. How could you not know when you have employed the most historical, the largest civil rights comp firm to deal with issues that are major. And, and this is what's so frustrating to me. It's almost like you think this is a joke when you have ruined the lives of many people, discriminated against them. Do you know what percentage of African-Americans are on Facebook in comparison to majority folks? Do you know what the percentages are? People using the Facebook. Yes. Do you know what the percentages are for African-Americans? I don't because we don't collect the... Of well, it, 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 it came out in a report and in the Pew Research uh, Center that was sent to you. So maybe you just don't read a lot of things that deal with civil rights or African-Americans. I have a lot of questions I'm going to send to you that I'm not going to be able to get through. And I would like an answer because this is appalling and disgusting to me. And I yield back. What it get fucking? It's the face you make. Damn! But oh, you know the freshmen, they, they, they gotta ask questions last.
And oh my Lord, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, let's just say she just walked Mark Zuckerberg's behind down. You announced recently that the official policy of Facebook now allows politicians to pay to spread disinformation um, in 2020 elections and in the future. So I just want to know how far I can push this um, in the next year. Under your policy, you know, using census data as well, could I pay to target predominantly black zip codes and advertise them the incorrect election date? No, Congresswoman, you couldn't. We, we have, even for these policies around the newsworthiness of, of mm -hmm. content that politicians say and the general principle that I believe that... But you said you're not going to fact check my we, ads. We have, if, if, uh, if anyone, including a politician, is saying things that uh, can cause, that is calling for violence or uh, could risk imminent physical harm or voter or census suppression mm -hmm. when we roll out the census suppression policy, um, we will take that content down. So, so you will, there is some threshold where you will fact check political advertisements. Is that what you're telling me? Well, Congresswoman, yes, and for specific things like that, where there's imminent risk of harm. Could I run ads targeting Republicans in primaries saying that they voted for the Green New Deal? Sorry, I, I, can you repeat that? Would I be able to run advertisements on Facebook targeting Republicans in primary saying that they voted for the Green New Deal? I mean, if you're not fact-checking political advertisements, I'm just trying to understand the, the bounds here. What's fair Congresswoman, game? I, uh, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. I think So probably. you don't know if I'll be able to do that? I think probably. Um, do you see a potential problem here with a complete lack of fact-checking on political advertisements? Well, Congresswoman, I think lying is bad, and I think if you were to run an ad that had a lie, that would be bad. That's different from it being, uh, from it, from, for in our position, the right thing to do to prevent uh, your constituents or people in an election from seeing that you had lied. Um, so we can, so you won't take down lies, or you will take down lies. I think it's just a pretty simple yes or no. Congresswoman. Uh, in, I'm not talking about spin. I'm talking about actual in, yes, disinformation. Yes, in, in a democracy, okay. I believe that people should be able to see for themselves what politicians that they may or may not vote for. So are you saying won't take judge them their down. Character for themselves. So you won't. Take, you may flag that it's wrong, but you won't take it down. Uh, Congresswoman, it's, uh, it, it depends on the context that it shows up. Organic post. Ads, okay. the, the treatment is a little One bit question, one more question. In your ongoing dinner parties with far-right figures, some of who advanced the conspiracy theory that white supremacy is a hoax, did you discuss so-called social media bias against conservatives, and do you believe there is a bias? Uh, Congresswoman, um, so I don't remember everything that was in the, send, in, in the question. That's all right. I'll move on. Can you explain why you've named The Daily Caller, a publication uh, well-documented with ties to white supremacists as an official fact-checker for Facebook? Congresswoman, sure. We actually don't appoint the independent fact-checkers. They go through an independent organization called the Independent Fact-Checking Network that has a rigorous standard for who they allow to, uh, to serve as a fact-checker. So... You would say that white supremacist-tied uh, publications meet a rigorous standard for fact-checking? Thank you. Uh, Congresswoman, I would say that we're not the one assessing that, that standard. The International Fact-Checking Network is the one who is setting that standard.
Okay, y'all, let, let me, why did I play all of that? Because Mark Zuckerberg knows damn well what they're talking about. Okay? Let's be real clear here. All right? Essentially, what he is saying is that if Donald Trump or any other politician has an ad that's flat out false, that is a lie, Facebook is like, are we good? We good. Do you understand that television networks and television stations and newspapers and magazines will not allow such false ads? See, Facebook wants to have it both ways. They are the largest disseminator of news in America. But their deal is, oh, no, no, we're not a news company. We're a tech company. But then another day, we're not a tech company, we're a news company. Then it goes, oh, that's really only a small part of our revenue. Okay, so if it's a small part of your revenue, correct it. This really isn't hard. But the fact of the matter is, Facebook doesn't want to do it. And do you know why? Because they're scared of conservatives. See, let me just, let me sit my iPad down. So, so, so let me just explain to y'all something. This is the game that conservatives have played since the 1960s. Woe is me. The liberal media. The liberal media hates us. The liberal media doesn't understand us. So what they do is, and they love talking about black people, why are you always playing the victim? But they're always playing the victim. It's always the media, the media, the media. Oh, my God, the media. They're all against us. You got Fox News who goes, the mainstream media. Hell, they're mainstream. But you see the game. Now you have to ask yourself, how is it you have, like, the Daily Caller, and you've got the National Review, and you've got OANN, you've got Newsmax, you got all of these conservative websites, the Epoch Times, all, <coughs> all these different sites. You know why? Because conservative billionaires are funding them. That's where they're getting their money from. The Rubin Report. Oh, all these YouTube followers. Used to be with the Young Turks, but now he's a conservative. Funded by the Koch brothers. Because their whole deal is the liberal media, liberal media, liberal media. They hit CNN with that when I was there. They hit CBS. If CNN had gone out and hired, even today, if CNN had go, goes out and hires 1,000 conservative employees, you know what, the, know what the conservatives would say? They're still liberal. That's the game. So they attack Facebook. They attack YouTube. I saw some documentary, uh, Dennis Prager, oh, the, the, the censorship. Prager University, Prager U, has had more than two of their videos, two billion views. So where is the censorship? This is a part of their strategy and their game. And so Facebook is scared to death. Why? Because Republicans control the Senate, and they're scared that Donald Trump is going to attack them. Now their problem is that they get their ass kicked by the Democrats. And see, all Zuckerberg had to say is, if you air, if you want to run ads on Facebook and you're lying, we're not going to run it. Simple as that.
Facts are not optional. Facts are not up for debate. But Facebook wants to have it both ways, and that's why they're going to continue to get their behind kick. And Greg, this is critically important because we know, and this is what I keep trying to walk people through, these low information voters. Mm -hmm. he, he says, you know, the public should be able to, uh, speech is so important, and the public should be able to hear it. But when you have people who don't know the truth, and then somehow somebody presents it. And there's a reason people, people, I see these tweets, Roland, why are you interrupting people? Because if you lie on Roland Martin Unfiltered, <laughs> I'm stopping you. And I'm going to smack you. Because I can't let somebody watching on YouTube or Facebook or Periscope or watching on Twitter or listening to the audio podcast go, well, Roland didn't say anything. Roland did interrupt them, so what they said must be true. No. Facebook is knowingly allowing lies, and that's why Zuckerberg got jacked up, and he should have gotten jacked up. Absolutely. And his courtesy chairwoman and congresswoman notwithstanding, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't give a damn about anything but Mark Zuckerberg and his profit bottom line. Mark Zuckerberg went to China and asked Xi Jinping to give his daughter a Chinese name, trying to figure out another way to get into the Chinese market. Failing that, and he then says that China is a champion of censorship and they should be ignored and we have to be careful here in America and protect free speech because if we don't, the Chinese will own the internet. These are all scare tactics because he's afraid to lose his market. This man, let, let me just, let's just connect a few dots. Uh, Pete Buttigieg Ooh. says that he thinks that we should have more Supreme Court justices Come like on, Anthony Kennedy. Come on, sir. Anthony Kennedy is the author of Citizens United. Mm -hmm. Citizens United is the terrible Supreme Court decision that basically said you can say whatever the hell you want if you're a corporation and spend as much money as you want to say it. Who, it, who suggested hires for Pete Buttigieg's campaign? Yep. Mark Zuckerberg and his wife. Yep. Mark Zuckerberg does not care. You've laid all this out. This man is about making money. And if that means taking dirty money from wherever, then I'm going to do it. And finally, if he says, well, you know, this really isn't a bigger part of our bottom line, these, these ads, it isn't about the amount of bottom line the political ads are paying. It's about the brand of Facebook saying this is the Wild West, and if you give us our money, yep, we'll do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. He talked to those congresswomen with the type of arrogant, mm -hmm. white frat boy, Harvard-bred, I don't give a damn about y'all arrogance that you see shooting through everybody from Brett Kavanaugh to Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. This man don't give a damn as long as he right. get his money rolling. That's it. That's it. Erica? Listen, and I'm over here amening Greg because <laughs> this is what's consequential. If people do not believe that this matters for the argument of that, oh, I just go on Facebook to laugh or it does not have any bearing on me, listen to me, bullshit. Because on, it here. is very much so a media firm. It is very much so influential. Facebook also owns Instagram, mm. and WhatsApp. It is a communications company, everybody. Mm. And when I'm reading reports that are already saying that memes are going to be a factor in this next presidential election, mm. we have state elections that are going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. In the general election, an election where you already have a person that is occupying 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, a freaking terrorist mm. who has sold America and is continuing to sell democracy to the highest bidder. If you do not believe that what you see and what you hear mm. and um, having um, not having the nuance to be able to understand 
what is true and what's not, um, what is factual does not have an impact on you or does not have an impact on your audience or um, the community at large, you are living foul. It mm. absolutely does. And so that is why it is most important not only for us to be able to um, dissect these hearings, but to also understand that what is being flashed before your eyes mm. is not all for your good and that there has to be some level of pushback, which is what these members of the House um, Financial Services Committee were doing, taking Facebook to task, but also letting the audience know that, listen, that they have opened floodgates that really cannot be closed so easily. That's right. That's right. Let me also uh, say this for the people who are watching and again, I'm going to sit my iPad down again, okay? So let me walk through this. And y'all are going to hear a lot more of this over the next year right here on Roller Martin Unfiltered. I did a video called Black Media, Black-Owned Media being the tip of the spear. Mm -hmm. What that means is that when you are in a battle, you're the tip of the spear that connects with the skin, but somebody got to push that thing in mm. in order to take your opponent out. Mm. Black-owned media is the tip of the spear. So everybody is focusing on the lying ads. Mm. But it was Congresswoman Joyce Beatty, who's the subcommittee chair on diversity and inclusion, <laughs> who hit him on the issue of pension funds, mm. lawyers, legal, law firms, accounting firms. See, let me explain something, y'all, and trust me, I'm, I'm going to unpack this thing because I'm actually working on this thing right now. And in fact, my speech tonight to the Minneapolis, the Twin Cities Urban League, they want me to talk about unity. But I'm going to give y'all a preview of my speech. We can't talk about unity until we deal with money. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. See, Come when on. she hit him on that, what y'all got to understand is that black folks have been locked out of getting those dollars. Yeah. See, there's a whole bunch of y'all out there always trashing Reverend Jackson. Mm. But Reverend Jackson was the one who was talking about pension funds mm. or black folks being able to manage those dollars. When he was going after Silicon Valley companies, Verizon and others, he talked about the billions in bond offerings they were putting up. And he was asking, where are the black law firms? Where are the black accounting firms? Uh, where are the black bond firms? Do y'all know that right now the federal government has a $1 trillion plus pension fund? And do y'all know that BlackRock controls more than half of the total pension fund in America. George Bush and company. Matter of fact, let, let, let me further unpack this. Further unpack. In fact, BlackRock wrote the regulations where they were really the only firm eligible to be able to control the dollars. Now let me unpack a little bit more. If you had to determine what is the greatest collection of black wealth, I said collection, the greatest collection of black wealth in America are black public workers. I need y'all to hear what I'm saying. That means 
all these black folks who have worked for the federal government, who worked for state governments, county governments, city governments, school districts, water districts, that's public pension funds. So the greatest collection of black wealth in America resides with public workers. Do y'all know of the $1 trillion in federal public pension funds that black people only manage $100 million? That's right. $100 million of $1 trillion. We can go, that's the federal government. We ain't even talking about each one of the state and the states and the billions in pension funds. That's that industry. Same thing when you talk about the advertising industry. Who are the black creative directors? Who are the black ad agencies? Are they getting a piece of this pie? No, they're being controlled by these international conglomerates. What I'm laying out to you is that those questions by Congresswoman Joyce Beatty was getting to the heart of the issue of how do, you, how do you break down the barriers when it comes to income inequality and wealth building when we're being locked out? I can tell y'all for a fact, I know it because I was sitting in the lunchroom in the Department of Treasury in 2010 when I was told that black and uh, other minority firms outperform white firms on the management of TARP funds. And I said, are they gonna get more money? And everybody went quiet. So when everybody is focusing on the ads, which are critically important, we're going to be focused on what Congresswoman Joyce Beatty said. And we're going to have her on this show. And we're going to talk about this because, folks, I keep telling y'all, there's only one federal agency that shares along with the White House. It's the White House and the Department of Treasury. They can play flag football or kickball on the lawn. I'm saying all of this, folks, because you better follow the money. And they're trying to hold Facebook accountable by saying, where the money? Why is it Facebook is funding all of these news shows and not one of them black? Oh, yes. Jada has Red Table Talk. That's not a news show. But I'm talking about they're funding a CNN show, a Fox News show, a Univision show. They're funding a whole bunch of shows. None of them black. And when he said we don't collect data, Facebook knows that black people over-index on their platform. We over-index on Twitter. We over-index on Instagram. Yet we don't own any of these platforms. And are those platforms and those companies making sure that black firms are getting dollars? I'll be unpacking this further on days ahead. Don't think for a second that we're done. Got to go to the break. We'll be back. Roller Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Minneapolis. Back in a moment. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RollerMartinUnfiltered.com. 
All right, folks, in a few weeks, we're going to be in Cabo for the second annual Life Lux Jazz Experience. Gerald Albright's going to be one of the performers there. 14 different acts performing over three days. If you want to attend, go to lifeluxjazz.com, L-I-F-E-L-U-X-E-J-A-Z-Z.com. But if you cannot make it, but you, if you want to check it all out, there's a live streaming pass courtesy of GFNTV.com. That's GFNTV.com. Uh, guys, let's put the website below me. Uh, and that is, of course, uh, concerts over three days. 14 acts. Of course, Mark Curry, the comedian, is one of the folks uh, who is confirmed uh, for this event. In addition to Mark Curry, it's going to be great concerts by, again, Gerald Albright, Alex Bunyong, Raul Madan, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, Kirk Whalem, Average White Band, Donnie McClurkin, Shalea, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, Ronnie Laws, and Ernest Quarles. I'll be doing Roland Martin Unfiltered that Thursday and Friday from Cabo. Looking forward to it. But again, if you want to watch the live stream, go to GFNTV.com. That's GFNTV.com. All right, folks, the city of Philadelphia has paid one, a $1.25 million settlement to settle a lawsuit by a woman who claimed Chief Inspector Carl Holmes sexually assaulted her when she was an officer in a department in which she said sexual harassment was common and pervasive. Holmes remains on the job eight months after the payout. The settlement is the most recent involving the Philadelphia Police Department over allegations of sexual harassment, but not the first. Over the past decade, according to public records, the city paid $222,000 to resolve five sexual harassment lawsuits involving cops. Speaking of foul cops, fired NYPD police officer Daniel Pantaleo, who was responsible for Eric Garner's choco death, is suing to get his job back. He filed a lawsuit this today against the NYPD alleging the decision to terminate him was arbitrary and capricious according to his attorney. Pantaleo has the right to appeal his termination under Article 78, a New York civil code that sets a path for challenges to rulings by a government agency. And also, when we talk about cops gone crazy, video of a school resource officer wrestling with and restraining a crying 11-year-old girl is getting new attention this week after it was announced that the officer resigned amid continued criticism over his use of excessive force on a child. Folks, brace yourself because this video is extremely painful to watch.
As I said, the police officer, Zachary Christensen, has resigned. He denied he was using excessive force on the 11-year-old girl, even after a school administrator told him she is not a threat to anyone. Erica, when you look at these cases, again, these cops gone wild, where are the bad apples people? The few bad apples. So let me start by saying this, Roland. Um, I listened to the audio because uh, we played it on the show. I did not watch it. Um, and, and one thing I want to kind of, like, um, start this off by saying is that there has got to be this um, movement away from um, these people that are um, in these jobs as being uh, doing something that is um, so heroic, one of the bravest jobs in the world. Mm. It is a job. It is something that folks apply for mm. and that they walk into. It is not the bravest job in the world. Mm. But then, just wanted to preface it by saying that. But then, secondly, I'm wanting to know where in the hell are all of the bouted people? Because, see, we should be in schools and be present every single day. Everybody popping off at the mouth and having so much authority in them and, and saying, you know, what uh, elected officials should and should not be doing. Well, why aren't you present in schools? Why aren't you ensuring that these people that have been placed in our schools to really um, antagonize and uh, to abuse our children mm aren't taken to task, this grown man mm. followed around an 11-year-old child mm. and waited for the moment Come to on. assault her. Come on. That's, and that's exactly what happened. He assaulted her Come and on. then tried to justify it by saying that she was stronger than him? Wow. An 11-year-old baby? Wow. These are our children. Mm -hmm. They are not stronger. They are not faster. They are children. And so my question is back to our community. Where are we when we un have a, a real vivid understanding that unless this happens to white children, that it is not an epidemic, it's not an issue? I, I, I know that we all know within our family, within our communities, that there have been people that have done things like this in the name of being resource officers. So I, I want to ask that question. And then I also want to follow up by asking this. I want to follow up by asking, you have an 11-year-old child that now has a level of post-traumatic stress disorder from having a negative um, encounter with police officer. He's been at the school for four years, and you cannot begin to tell me that this lapel, this 77-minute lapel clip that was caught, is his first encounter with a black student. So, again, where are all the bouted people? Where are you? I'm looking for you. Mm -hmm. I want to know where you are. All of the Internet gangs, all of the people that are able to type so quickly <laughs> and have something really smart and snippy to say, mm -hmm. where are you? Because our children are being hunted mm -hmm. and they are being killed. They're being killed in their spirit and they're being killed in their person. And also bringing forward that our children are leading in suicide, meaning they're getting out of here way too soon. Yes. This is an epidemic, and it doesn't matter that media doesn't care. We are a strong and big and large community. Our caring should be more than enough. All right, Greg. No, I, I echo every word that we just heard from Sister Erica. Uh, in fact, a, as you were talking, Erica, I was thinking to myself, where was I? Where am I? I think it falls on all of us. This white man went home that night. He got to leave his job. You put your hands on a child, and the other man is sitting there watching you okay. saying, let her stand up. She kept repeating, let me up, let me go, leave me alone, let me up. And yeah, you know, I will say one thing in his defense, she was stronger than him. She was stronger in him in spirit, 
Looks like she might even been physically stronger than him because his little punk behind couldn't get her arm behind and she was not going down. That young sister right there, whatever she did or didn't do is irrelevant. She would not have her will broken in that moment. And that's what he was, he was mad at, this little piece of a man. But this little piece of a man, as Erica said, followed her around, picked at her for touching a piece of paper, tried to say that she assaulted the principal when she brushed past him or he brushed past her in the doorway, kept trying to figure out, say, you, you going to jail for 50 cents worth of paper. Okay, big man. But you still walk in the streets. You got to go to sleep last night. You probably gonna apply for another job and get it. And when you walk in with your little tin badge and your attitude in a hallway, then I gotta ask myself a question. What kind of man am I to let you walk into school? Mm. What kind of man am I to let right. you even walk around? And Daniel Pantaleo, I, I applaud him. Apply for your job back. It is your constitutional right. If they hire him back, now we got another problem. You done killed somebody. In other words, and, and then finally, this brother who is putting his hands on women in Philadelphia and part of this epidemic, there is a culture in policing that gives these people this attitude that they are bigger than God. So you can put your hand on a woman, you can slap around a child, you can choke a man to death, until we deal with the fundamental structural, cultural problem of policing in this country, this isn't gonna get better, it's only gonna get worse, and he gonna come up on the right one in a minute, and there ain't gonna be no conversation. He's not gonna go home that night, and I won't lose a wink of sleep if that well, even happens. Absolutely, absolutely, and just to and, add and speak, to and that understanding that there's and, and a speak, Oh, and just wanted to add, Roland, that, ahead, you quick. know, white supremacists, Proud Boys, we're, that membership is growing within law enforcement yes. ranks. So, literally, it, yes. is, it is absolutely time to wake up. We know that there's always been that presence there, that slave patrols, that's definitely an outflow from what we're seeing now. That's right. But that they are here and right. they're not going anywhere. That's right. Well, speaking of that, uh, a grand jury decided not to press criminal charges uh, against a corrections officer who drove into a group of protesters. Y'all remember that story? Well, that's what we're also dealing with there. And so, uh, look, bottom line is we, uh, this country gives folks uh, as much leeway as possible, and that's how we operate. But that's why we're also here in Roller Martin Unfiltered to cover these stories, to keep you aware so you understand what is going on. That's why we also need your support. Folks, nobody else is doing this. I'm telling you right now, nobody else is doing a daily, five-day-a-week news show specifically targeting African-Americans. There's a bunch of folks out here who are just talking and who are talking about beauty and hair care and tips along those lines. And that's great, but we need news and information to be empowered when it comes to what's happening in our community. That's why we do Roland Martin Unfiltered. That's why we travel this country, covering events all across this country, uh, because we want to be able to give you an, ins an insight into what is happening in black America and nobody else is doing. And you could do a roll call. A Black Networks, do them. TV One, Clio TV, BT, BT Her, Bounce TV, Revolt TV, OWN, Aspire, none of them are doing any news. They're not doing not even one hour a week out of 1,344 hours. Look at all these websites out there. You can run the line, okay? BT.com, The Root, The Griot, all of these sites. They're not doing this. Yeah, they're putting up video, but I'm talking about a place where our experts and our people can come and share their insights when it comes to these issues. That's why this matters. But here's the deal, real folks. And so I saw some of y'all comments. Oh, here we go with that jazz ad. Well, guess what? They're a sponsor. They're a sponsor of this show. The dollars that they give helps us make this show a reality. Same way with AFSCME, same way with Execute America, because same way, of course, uh, with Home Full of Holidays, the folks with uh, 420 Real Estate, because we are trying to do something that nobody else is doing, 
and that is empower our people with digital information five days a week, every single day. And in fact, we're seven days a week because we stream our content Monday through Sunday. So we need your support. Go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Join our Bring the Funk fan club. You can give directly on YouTube. We got memberships and merchandise. You can go to our YouTube channel. We want you to subscribe as well. You can pay via Cash App, uh, Square, or even PayPal. Folks, we can control our destiny, but we must be willing to fund our future. That's why. I got to go. I got to go downstairs, give this speech. I'm going to try to live stream the speech. Not sure how the, uh, the Wi-Fi is going to work in the room. We're going to try to make it happen. And so, Greg and Eric, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Folks, I will see y'all tomorrow from Los Angeles. We're in ABJ. We're having our advocacy day, meeting with media companies all across uh, Los Angeles. I will be on the ground there, but also coming live from L.A. See how we do it? We keep it moving. I got to go. Holla! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xu mo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play